Josh Walker, thank you so much for being here on Let's Go Bulls Radio. Thanks for having me, Jay. No, thank you for again for yeah, just being here. Um, and I know that you have quite a big schedule, big um, lots of things going on, especially especially after winning the Big West tournament um, this weekend. I mean, how are you feeling after that? Um, really good. I mean, I think just the way the week evolved, we kind of knew um, if we won the tournament, we would put ourselves in a great position to get a great seat in the tournament. And, um, and obviously, if we lost it, then we knew we might not even have a chance to be in. So that was kind of the mindset heading into the last two weeks of the regular season, even when we were going to Irvine, that we knew we had to play well to make sure we put ourselves in a good position um, to have a strong resume at the very end. And when everything lined up and we were playing Long Beach in the final, it was kind of expected. And um, for us to go out and compete the way we did, we know we're playing a high level to not only win that, but to win another national championship. Right. I mean, it's super exciting. Um, you guys are going to move on to the NCAA side of things now. Um, and I think that's, you know, props to you guys again. Congratulations on the victory. Uh, obviously, we're going to go circle back to um, I want to talk about where you got your start in volleyball. I want to talk about, you know, your time as a player and now your time as a coach, a player here for even UH. Um and you started off um, just early on, even in your um, collegiate journey doing that. But I want to get go all the way back, if you can, to the beginning. And could you talk to us a little bit about how you even got started in volleyball? Uh, was it always something that you were interested in just as a little kid or were you jumping in between sports? Yeah, so I'm the youngest of three, and I think that kind of influenced my, influenced my athletic path. I pretty much started doing all the sports. My sister, I have an older sister. She's four years older than me. I have a brother who's 15 months older than me. So me and my brother are a lot closer in age. But essentially, with my sister, she kind of did all the sports. She did organized sports and everything, and she was really good. And then it was me and my brother just kind of lagging along behind her um, and I don't know if my parents really see us as being as athletic as her, but uh, essentially we didn't do as many organized sports. We just kind of dabbled here and there just to kind of be busy. And then once I kind of hit middle school, then I started to take sports like a little bit more seriously. Um, my brother was more into football. I was more into basketball. My sister played basketball. Um, that was her favorite sport. And she was in high school. So when she was playing, she, in the off season, obviously she couldn't play football. So she, she would play volleyball in the fall in Virginia the volleyball is in the fall um, for the girls. So uh, she's when I, by the time I got to, when I started trying to pick out, okay, what sports I actually wanted to play. Um, I really wanted to play basketball over football. So when it came down to it, my sister's like, okay, well, if you want to be more of a basketball player, there's no point in playing football in the fall. You should might as well just play volleyball in the fall and the the skills are going to translate better than they do on the football field. So I was like, okay, I'll try it out. Um, and so I was kind of around it in middle school, just watching our teams and just kind of being around. And then by the time I hit high school, that's when I, I tried out for the team. And um, my team ended up being, it was a pretty well-run high school team. Um, the team had a lot of success. They hadn't won the state championship, which is the biggest uh, accomplishment the team could get, but they had a lot of good history. Um, 
The school started in 1992, and the first coach there was Ken Shibuya. He's currently associate head coach for the men's program at Stanford. Um, and then the coach that I had, basically, he mentored her, and that's um, after him. So um, he would still come around. The first camp I went to was his camp, and then um, I was pretty small, um, and I just kind of really got a basis for just receiving receiving serves and stuff early. And then from then, by the time I hit high school, I was a lot further ahead um, than most of the kids that had started playing high volleyball um, on the East Coast. Most kids didn't even start playing until they reached high school. So that was me. Um, I, I got maybe a couple years head start because I went to a camp. I was around it. I got to see it. And the team was good. So I kind of got inspired by the guys there. So by the time I got to high school, um, um, I – I kind of already had an expectation like, oh, we're a good team. We're supposed to win. So that's this kind of um, attitude I practice with and I train with. And then by the time I hit my sophomore year, I was starting. Um, and I'm still playing basketball, by the way. And, and then it just kind of ended up being even from basketball and volleyball. But the volleyball success was um, coming really fast. And then by the time my junior year happened, I was already state player of the year. We won um, states that year. And then on the basketball side, um, we were good as well. We were getting to States and we had um, been one of the better teams, but as far as getting recruited uh, for basketball, it's mostly like D2 schools in the area. And then for volleyball, um, even though I didn't get recruited by George Mason, which is the biggest school that's close to where I live. Um, I was talking to Penn state. I was talking to ball state. I was talking to um, obviously Hawaii um, schools in the South, like Lisa McCray and Mount Olive. So I thought I had a pretty good um, chance to play in college at a pretty high level institution. So um, at that point, by the time I hit my senior year, I was really kind of dedicated to volleyball and um, basketball. I kind of taken a back seat at that point. Um, so, yeah, that's kind of how I got started. OK, um, may I ask then, like, um, you know, you, you're, you're talking about just the balance between basketball and volleyball. At what point did you kind of realize, like, volleyball was actually more where you wanted to go I mean because you, you could have also actually went down the basketball route of if I'm correct right yes so my my sister she was like I said she was playing basketball she was older than me and then she ended up kind of her career she ended up having a knee injury like late high school and a lot of the recruits that were talking to her they kind of fell by the wayside and then she ended up um going to played a division two um, college, Barton College. It's a pretty good division two program. Um, and she was, her workouts in the off season were ridiculous. <laughs> I'm looking at those workouts for basketball and I'm like, it's a D2 institution and they're working this hard. Um, I can't imagine like trying to balance school and basketball. If I'm trying to put in all that work to try to be the best at something. And volleyball for me always came easy. So like I worked hard at it, but it relatively came easy. Like I said, I was state player of the year by the time I hit my third year. So I'm like, okay, I can go to a high level institution. I can play a sport that comes relatively easy to me. And I know I can have enough energy to take care of the academic side of it and not necessarily crush myself physically as much. So that's kind of when the shift happened. I was just watching my sister's workouts in basketball. And obviously she was a hard worker and um, she was probably going at it harder than most anyway, but I knew that would have to be the standard for me if I was going to try to play college athletics. So um, that kind of was a point where I'm like, all right, well, I think I'm going to shift over to volleyball more. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So now um, going into college, uh, you played here for, uh, you played here at UH. Um, 
do you want to actually talk a little bit about like what that was like for you? I mean, again, balancing out the academic side with being a, you know, big time volleyball player, you know? And so what, what was that like just, um, you know, playing for UH and especially since volleyball here is a huge staple. Yeah, it was definitely one of the reasons why I came out um, the 2006 season for the men's team. They were one of the best teams in the nation. Um, they ended up getting upset by UCLA and the conference in the first round of the conference. And that was kind of a big deal. So I'm coming in and I, I have as a freshman, I call it coming in freshman in college. I had no idea like what the attitude would be like or anything like that. Uh, Mike Wilton was the head coach at the time. And uh, for me, it was like. I somehow volleyball got me all the way to the middle Pacific ocean and it's a great fan base. And uh, I didn't realize how big the fan base was until like my freshman um, fall semester. And I'm going to times over there near Burger King and I'm in the store and someone recognizes that I'm a I'm athlete on the volleyball team. And I'm like, I haven't played one play yet. And people already knew that I was on the volleyball team. I'm like, okay, this is different for sure. Um, so just kind of going through that. And then it was like my college career in general was, I think how I, I do a good job relating to all the players now, because I had almost every experience you can have um, as a division one athlete at just at this institution. And the only one is not being a transfer. Um, I came in my first year, I registered it, um, but I ended up pretty much starting every single year after that. Um, so I have both of those in which, okay, I had a year I didn't play. I was on the bench and I had a year in which I was playing. I um, mean, I wasn't playing at a very high level and I had years in which, okay, I was playing at a high level and I ended up being all American. So, um, I think I have all this nuance to my career and it really helps me to relate to the guys now because of the experiences I have. Um, Mike Wilton, like I mentioned, was the head coach when I first got here. Um, after my third year, he moved on and Charlie Wade came in, um, and by time Charlie came in, we were the group that we have. We were kind of tired of losing and we really focused. And we just wanted to make sure we got a guy who um, was essentially not going to get in the way. And what I respect about Charlie was like, OK, even though we kind of had that mindset, um, he helped us. He knew like coming in, it's like, OK, we have a good team and we have a chance to get, get, do good things. And he helped us get to having a great year that year. And that was the highest we finished was his first year. Well, the highest I finished my career was his first year. Um, there. Um, so, so yeah, that was just kind of my experience as far as the volleyball, the school part, like I came in, I, I got, I was in engineering initially and yeah, it was one of those things in which obviously being doing, going through engineering and the hours that you have to spend doing that and, um, and being a division one athlete is tough. It's, and for me, it wasn't necessarily, I couldn't do it. I just wasn't um, in love with it, the same level I was with volleyball. And I'm like, okay, if I can find something in which I'm doing that I love as much as I'm loving volleyball, um, then I'll be fine. I wasn't worried about getting a job after college in which I was making a ton of money or anything like that. I just want to be happy. I want to be able to sustain myself and um, kind of build off the legacy my parents um, had left me. So um, that was for me, was kind of switching into like in, into English. And then once I started taking more English classes and leaning towards more of the creative writing side. Um, school was as easy for me and as exciting for me to wake up and get school work done as it was going to practice every day. So, um, so then from that part of that point in my career, um, I really enjoyed uh, every, everything about being at UH and the whole experience. And I knew UH put me in a position in which I could be successful 
um, in whatever I want to do, regardless of whether I want to live here, where I want to live somewhere else. I think UH really set me up to be successful in a lot of facets in life. Very well said. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I want to jump next, if we can, to your time as a player overseas, because after college, um, I read how you actually went to a lot of different nations competing for them. And I was like, it's actually quite a big list. Yeah. Yeah. So while I was in college, I got to go to Canada. That was the first time I left the country. Um, we went there a couple of times, actually. Um, so that was a good experience. And like volleyball has since been obviously taking me all over the world. I'm from Virginia. I ended up getting to Hawaii. I'm in Hawaii, get to Canada a couple of times. My first season playing overseas, I went to Abu Dhabi, which is the United Arab Emirates. Um, so that's the same country as Dubai uh, is in. So that was a pretty eye-opening experience because I was thinking, you go play pro, it's going to be the super high level and there's going to be a bunch of fans and all that kind of stuff. And a little that I know, like there, they their main sport was soccer and they didn't really care about any other sport other than that. All the princes owned the teams. Um, so it was, it wasn't anything that they were kind of, they had their club teams to compete against each other as brothers. They weren't really doing it as like a sense of revenue or anything like that. They didn't need money. They were just doing it for fun. So that's how it looked. It wasn't very organized as far as what um, things had to do. Like we didn't have many people show up to practice. <laughs> um, so it was really, it was my job as a professional to make sure I did what I needed to do for us to win. Um, every team only had one foreigner on their team. So essentially, if I didn't outplay that other foreigner, we were going to lose. So I had to make sure I played good enough to outplay the other foreigner. Um, and then um, obviously I was making some pretty good money when I was over there. So I was, so it kind of shifted to me. I was like, okay, this is a, a lot more professional mindset I have to take on. It's not about playing or having fun or anything like that. It's more like, yeah, this is my job. And if I'm not able to play at a high level, we lose or I could get fired. Um, so that was pretty eye-opening my first year. Um, and even though there was a lot of stress in that, um, I, I did pretty well. I ended up finishing the year as the top scorer in that league. And on that team, I went and played in other countries like Lebanon. I got to go to Egypt as well. Um, we played in the, the Olympic village that they still had in, in Egypt in those facilities. So um, it was a great experience as far as like, especially the stuff off the court, just as things I got to see and the people I got to meet. Um, and then my teammates, uh, I still am friends with those guys today. Um, so that was my first year playing overseas. And then um, after that, I went and played in Greece and Greece was a, on a different end of the spectrum in which it was, it wasn't going to be as much money, but the level was a lot higher. Um, you had, you could have up to three foreigners on the team. Um, so there was a little bit more balance as far as like sharing the responsibility and playing on a high level. And I played for Panathinaikos, which is one of the top clubs in Europe. So, um, so there was some security in there. And then the fan base for Panathinaikos is world famous. Um, they're really over the top. So it was fun playing in front of those fans again and playing on a high level. And then kind of after that, I played for a, like a U.S. representative team in the summer. And Charlie Wade was coaching that team with uh, um, Sam Schweisky, who's currently the coach at Princeton, and um, Vernon Pawlowski, who was a UH alum. He was coaching with us as well. And I played with alums like Brian Beckwith and Tony Ching and um, Scott Hartley and Nick 
Costello. So that was a really fun team to play on. And we got to play in Japan and we played against China, Thailand um, and Korea. So though, that was a great experience as well. And then uh, I went to Denmark and played on my most successful team as a professional. That year, we had a lot of foreigners on that team. Like, I think it was like six, six of us, which is a lot for a team. Um, I was on finally on a team that had the big one of the bigger budgets. Um, so we could have good players and the expectation was to win. And we did that. We won at a high level. We won pretty much everything we played in other than one cup. And uh, we won, went undefeated in the regular season. I got league MVP that year. We won the championship. And that was my best experience as far as success. And then after that, I shifted over and played in Finland. And that was probably the best experience as far as top to bottom, the professionalism of the team, um, the balance of money, the um, everything, and the team success and level of play. Um, there was like seven Americans playing in that league at the time. So it seemed like, like every single time I went and we traveled and we played someone else, there was somebody on the other side of the net I knew. So um, that made it more fun. And um, and yeah, I think we did pretty good. And Larry Hakala, who's an alum here from here as well, he was coaching at the time there and I was playing with his younger, his little brother. So there was familiar faces over there and that was a great experience. And then at that point, that's when I shifted into um, coaching here. So yeah, volleyball took me all over the world. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, when I do these interviews with these players, it's really impressive and insane just how much sports can actually take you um, from all across the world, whether it's from Canada, you know, like you said, Egypt, Lebanon, Greece, it's international and it can, it can, it's, it's, it's insane just how many open doors it can uh, lead you to. But yeah, let, let's get into um, now you're a volleyball assistant coach here at UH. Um, what does that mean to you? I mean, to be able to play for UH um, and then come back years later to be an assistant coach, what does that mean for you? It was huge. I, I definitely felt there was unfinished business when I left. Um, that's the thing about college athletics that makes it so fine that you don't realize what you're, it's like almost too late to make adjustments, really. It's uh, so, like I said, I, we came in, when I came in, the team was coming off a really good season, but they underachieved in the postseason. And then from that point, a lot of those players, um, it took them a while to kind of get going. And then that was a pretty heavy, heavy senior laden group my freshman year. So a bunch of those guys left. And then all of a sudden it was a bunch of us young guys and we didn't know what we were doing. We were just going to practice and we thought, just thought because we went to UH, we we're going to win. Um, and it wasn't like that. So um, after going through those lumps, it really like put a fire on us to like make sure that we're representing the way we need to and make sure we're, we're winning on the level that we expect to win, that our families expect us to win and that our fans expect us to win. And I kind of took on that burden towards the back end of my career. And obviously the goal was to win a national championship and we didn't quite get there. My senior year, um, the last couple of weeks of my season, we ended up playing SC and SC was number one at the time. They had been highly ranked um, all year and we beat them the first night of the end of the regular season. And then we lost to them the second night. Um, and that loss essentially, obviously being a number one team is big. And, um, and we kind of did that every single year of our career 
career. So we always knew we were a good team because anytime a number one team came in, we always had a good chance of winning if we didn't actually beat them. And we did that every year. This year was unique in which we knew if we had won again, we had a chance to be a top four seed and actually host. Or um, if we lost, we'd be a five and we had to go on the road. So my last opportunity to play in the arena, we fell short and we lost. And we had to go to Irvine um, for the first round of playoffs to try to keep the season going. And we knew we were good. We obviously had just been the number one team. And then um, we went to Irvine and we just we just didn't play good enough to beat them that that day. And uh, a team that was the seventh seed that year, Santa Barbara, ended up running the table as a seventh seed and made it to the national championship. So for me, it was like, man, we were obviously good enough. And um we just didn't have enough to get it done. We weren't mature enough long enough to be able to, to accomplish our goals. So by time coming back as a coach, I kind of had a feel of what I wanted to do, but I didn't really know if I really wanted to coach until I finished my first year. After my first year, I knew exactly what I wanted to do. I knew exactly how I could help the program. Um, and then things just kind of started spinning from that. And one year just kept leading to another. We kept getting better, kept getting better recruits, kept getting better results. And, um, and I think uh, obviously winning the national championship last year um, was just kind of a culmination of <laughs> what my experience it was freshman year and like trying to keep accomplishing that goal in which the goal in college athletics is always to win a national championship when you go to a school like UH, but the process is what gets you there and you have to love the process. And um, for me, it's like I, my, I stretch my process out to 10 years versus just the four or five like most. Um, but uh, yeah, I think everybody appreciated um, just kind of that mindset in which we have we have to have a standard for how we play on and off the court, how we're respecting the community. And it just kind of bled into what we were doing off the court, bled into what we were doing on the court. And then the results started showing for themselves. So you really had a mission that once you became the assistant coach, that you were just going to go and like the national champion was definitely going to be your end goal for you then yeah and for sure and i didn't know how long it would take um but i was going to do everything i could to help make sure that we were good enough to win it and if, if you're good enough to win and you never win that's fine too but um if you're good enough to win you're gonna have a chance to be able to do it more and more often and just being in this position as well i was able to reach out to a lot of the past alums and build relationships with them and just kind of build that that culture of, of the alumni as well in which they can keep following the program. They can be proud of what's going on. And every time their team is showing up on TV, they're beating another team and they can take pride in that. They help build to, to that point. So for me, it's always been about um, who you're representing, what you're representing. And uh, yeah, to, the goal was to win a national championship. We knew we, were, we had good enough teams and um, we finally broke through that door. And now we're at a position in which we can do it for multiple years going forward. So that's the standard that, um, I've always had for the program. And now that we're finally at that point in which we're good enough to do it, um, I'm trying to do my best to help us capitalize on it as much as, as much as possible. I want to jump ahead now to actually um, your future and what's ahead for you, because it was announced um, a few, um, not too long ago, that you will be leaving UH to be um, coach for Baylor. Um, but before that, I mean, like, what are just some of the highlights and memories that you've had here at UH that you want to carry over to Baylor? And what are the, the things that you want to bring over to that team? Yeah, I mean, for me, it's the opportunity to, I'm switching and coaching on the women's side. 
Um, so it's kind of almost like full circle for me. The women in my life have been so influential on where I've gotten in um, being where I am now. Um, my mom, obviously, my my sister and my wife now. My wife played soccer at UH. Um, and like the chance to have a, the opportunity to, to go and coach and recruit and build like these kind of high character people um, on the women's side is something that's exciting for me. So, um, so being, being a leader in that, in that space a little bit. Um, and then just as far as the, the tactical stuff, like on the women's side, the sport is played a little bit different um, than on the men's side. Um, but that's kind of that, those kind of gaps are kind of merging together. It's a little bit more, le less blurred, blurred depending on how you're looking at it. And the opportunity to be at a school like Baylor, it's a, a Christian private school. And um, my faith is a big part of how I feel I've gotten here. Like my life doesn't make much sense <laughs> otherwise. Um, no one would think that plucking a black kid out of Virginia Beach should all of a sudden have a chance to be in Hawaii for a majority of his, for almost a majority of his life now and have a chance to coach volleyball at a, a high, high level institutions. Um, I couldn't plan that out. So um, I think it's an opportunity to kind of build on my faith as little, as well going to a school like Baylor and also just kind of um, how I want to be a coach and how I want to be a head coach. I want to be a head coach one day and um, being able to balance out my career a little bit more just as far as um, what I've done on the men's side, hopefully being able to bring that same kind of level um, to a team on the women's side um, can help me um, become a head coach one day. Um, so once I kind of got my head around, I wanted to coach, it was like, okay, what capacity? And now that I've, I've been able to keep building under the staff and here and learning under the staff here, um, the natural evolution of things as a college coach is um, trying to trying to forge your own path. So I'm at that point in my career now, which um, I feel like UH is in a great place and it's gonna continue to keep building. So as an alum, um, I'm happy at, at of where we've been able to get to, and I will continue forward as in as an alum in this space in which okay yeah just making sure that we continue to have that same standard. And then as far as at Baylor, it's like okay, can I help build them to the to a, a high enough program to actually win a national championship? They've been close um, in recent years, but they're they're really knocking on the door right now. And I think it's a good chance for me to kind of see if we can try to do the same thing over there. So um, just as far as everything I've learned from Charlie and Milan and, um, and Chad and um, all the other coaches that I've kind of been involved with in my coaching career, being on the men's side. Um, yeah, I'm excited to just kind of be able to bring what I have knowledge I have with the women's side and obviously learn some new things over there too. Well, yes. I mean, we certainly hope the best for you. Uh, we certainly appreciate what you've done for the program here at UH. And it sounds like, I mean, with, new prospects in Baylor. I mean, we certainly look forward to seeing what you bring to that team as well. Uh, before we end the interview, uh, would you like to say any last words um, to the fans, to um, the people of UH? And I mean, again, you know, like your, this is your last season. Any last things that you just want to say um, before you head on out? Yeah, um, just in general, I think... Uh... Hawaii, as a general, has pretty much raised me a second time. Um, I got here when I was 18, um, going on, been here for 16 years, going on 17 years. So that's almost the same amount of time I've been out of Hawaii. And, um, 
the foundation I had as a youth in Virginia Beach, um, Hawaii made that real. And I was able to meet people here um, that kind of helped me form and create the, the kind of person I am today, as far as my motivations, how to find solutions for things. Um, I'm kind of built in to be a people pleaser, <laughs> um, just naturally. I want the fans to be happy. It drove my career. Um, it drove me to be a great teammate, a great person. Um, so all those kind of things kind of just melted into each other. And um, I'm just happy, like the people here in Hawaii never took advantage of that. They never took advantage of me just wanting to do my best to make them happy. They didn't try to take advantage. It's just full support, no matter one, whether we lost, whether we won always full support. And, um, it just helped me to like, man, this is a really great place. And, um, anything I can do to help bring smile on people's faces, especially with all the things going on and even coming out of the pandemic, um, that was a huge motivation for me. So, um, I just want to thank the fans just as far as helping me become the person I am and becoming as respective I am in the community. And that's something I want to continue to build on whether I'm here full time or I'm here less time, obviously going forward, but Hawaii will always be a home in, in that regard. And then, yeah, just uh, the team now, um, I, that was the hardest part about making the decision. The team is young and they're, they can do a lot of great things. And I still want to be there to, to kind of help see them through it. But at the same time, I think they're at a point in which they can realize all that UH has to offer them. And they can really start taking advantage of those those opportunities, regardless of who's on the coaching staff. And it's I'm leaving, but Milan's still going to be around. Charlie's still going to be around. And um, in the end, as long as they trust themselves and they trust the work ethic, they trust their goals. Um, Milan and Charlie are people that in chat are going to be people that help push those dreams along. Um, they're not going to be the ones that they're shooting those da those down. So so that's my message to them. And then, um, yeah, I mean. UH in general, it's a family, like <laughs> it is a true family and, and which it's not everybody's perfect. And I think that's what makes it beautiful that not everybody's perfect, but everybody's trying as hard as they can and everybody's having their own experiences. And um, I think especially going through the hardships we've gone through, the great times and the tough times um, with all the programs, uh, it's made us stronger. We're as strong as a program as we've been because of people like David Matlin that have been um, at the top for a while and um, Lois Manning, who I, I work, one of the ministries I work with more directly, um, they really try their hardest and you can see that. And when you have people above you that are working as hard as they do, um, you want to, you want to make them proud too. So, and I think it's, it's been great um, interacting with the other coaches and, the relationships I build with them and that's going to continue going forward. So um, it's bittersweet leaving, but at the same time, I know it's not the end of these relationships. I'll still have a great relationship with these people and um, Hawaii will always be home. Like I said, and I'm looking forward to seeing how the relationships build more as a um, more as friends instead of always as colleagues. Right. Well, yes. I mean, like, well, like you said, well, certainly, um, miss having you on the team um i'm sure it is a very bittersweet moment but again we certainly hope the best for you we look uh, forward to what you bring to baylor um josh walker thank you so much again for sitting down and chatting with me it's been uh, it's been a real pleasure thank you again for having me jay thank you have a good day